Hi, everybody. Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you are listening to Halfway Saint. On a nice spring night. (laughs) (laughs) People don't ever talk. It's always summer night or a cold winter's night. It's always a summer's night or a cold winter's night. (laughs) No, people talk about what kind of a night it is. It's always like, it was a hot summer night. Mm. It was a a beautiful day today. We were supposed to get rain all day, but we didn't. It rained at times. Oh my gosh. Are you feeling okay? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> no, I'm just excited to be here. Daniel went on a walk outside. I did. That's today. how nice it was. And it was really nice. People <laughs> want to walk. Yeah. What do you think I was talking You could about? have said that it was a nice night again. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I wasn't. It I was got a to very go on a nice walk, walk, and it was yeah, it was a very nice time. Mm-hmm. And I got to do my exercises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mama is working out. I haven't, I haven't been doing this. I haven't. <laughs> Day two of her post-pregnancy workout routine. She's supposed to have been doing for how old is Blaze now? Oh, thirteen <laughs> months. Yeah. Um, not because Daniel's like, hey, whip your butt into shape, but because. Um, what? I don't think anyone assumed that it was me making you get into shape. It's possible somebody was. Because yeah. you were like, there. she was supposed to be doing it a while ago. And you know, okay. it could come off that way. Whatever. But, um, no, he's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to get my butt in gear. And, yeah, it's been 13 months, so it's about time. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Oh, that's good. But, no, I'm feeling refreshed, renewed. Going outside is so nice. I and I really, usually if I have time to go outside, I go on a run. So mm-hmm. I don't walk that often, but it was kind of dark. Because um, it was after the boys yeah. were in bed. And I'm not scared of the dark, technically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's just we don't have a lot of street lighting. And so, like, it when you're running, pockets. yeah, it's not, it's not good to be like running down the sidewalks when people are backing out of their driveways and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you really scare other people who are walking on the sidewalks. <laughs> the other day I was, um, oh, what did he say? I was shut. It was like when it was still snowy out, but it was nighttime and our neighbor walked up behind me. It was like, I don't know, with his like deep voice was like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, Gary, you don't scare me like that. <laughs> Gary, stop it. <laughs> Gary, you don't walk up behind a woman and say, hey, how you doing? And like dark evening let me clarify holly didn't actually say that i did no i said gary don't scare a woman like that oh really yeah i did because oh. you shouldn't scare a woman <laughs> like that it's the hardest lesson that was one of your hypotheticals no this was one of my real oh. i know i was Good for you pretty brave <laughs> <laughs> spoke what i felt but um we're doing pretty well uh thanks for asking <laughs> It was such a sharp shift. <laughs> People were like, was that an editing mistake? No. Um, I thought we'd just, you know, get jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> you cut yourself off, though. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was done talking about it. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, okay. Um, we're doing pretty well. <laughs> we're doing pretty great. Did I talk last podcast about um, our babysitter quitting? Um, possibly. Had it happened? Yeah, it had happened. It happened before we went down to North Carolina. Yeah. Well, our babies were quit, and then we went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Um, but we did get to visit family. Well, okay, so if I didn't talk about the babysitter leaving, it, I, she was coming twice a week just so I could get some work done. And so now that she's not coming, 
it's been really tough to get work done. So we've had to readjust our schedules, which has been a little bit of a hiccup, but working through it. And um, then our trip to North Carolina was really nice. We got to spend a day at the lake with our family. And mm-hmm. it was, they went fishing. Well, Jack went fishing. Blaze did not. Why are you looking? Have we podcasted since it? we got back? I don't think what so. What day is it? What month is it? <laughs> Have we already talked about this all? I don't know. Well, let's just, <laughs> we can just cut this short in case we did. Our visit was great. Mm-hmm. And that's all you get. <laughs> But um, yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to update with? Well, no, now I don't. Now I don't know what's real. <laughs> Wait, can you tell them about <laughs> about your um, fear sometimes when you're in the grocery store and you can't find me? No, it's not a fear. <laughs> Come on, it's real. No, it's not a fear. It's just it would be interesting, <laughs> like as a movie, maybe a oh, short okay. story. Okay. Um, if someone's in the grocery store, they go into the grocery store with their spouse, they start shopping around, they get separated, and then he can't find his wife. And he, like, searches everywhere for her, like, can't find her, calls store security, they can't find her. Like, <laughs> what? Go on, it's really interesting. This is, I, it's it a, is. It's, it a, is. Great, it's it is. a great story. It's so good. <laughs> go on. <laughs> um, so he can't find her, and he, like guesses maybe she's gone home so he goes home <laughs> what you'll see <laughs> <laughs> so he goes home and he goes to like his their house um and he looks around. <laughs> what you're gonna blow it so this is a big twist i'm so sorry <laughs> it's not even i know it's not funny it's not a funny story <laughs> it's funny i'm ruining it i'm so sorry i'm trying to hold my composure here go on um <laughs> But then he looks at the pictures of them, and she's not in any of the pictures. And she never existed. Why is this funny to you? Because <laughs> all I can hear is that quote that you always say, she's been dead for 10 years. <laughs> she's been dead for 10 years. Or no, something. she never, but no, but she she never, never existed. There's a difference. I know. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Because um, I forget. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never were really here. No, I can't. What I if lo- I played this back and it was just me talking the whole time? Yeah, so <laughs> if he loses her and um, then all evidence of her is completely gone. And mm-hmm. he's like, what if she never existed? Yeah. That would be really interesting. Thanks. I just wanted to Don't- tell it without me interrupting it. I didn't claim it as my own. <laughs> Sometimes I'll retell Daniel's jokes and call- claim them as my own. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry I ruined that. I just, I just got well, the... You brought it up and then you laughed through the whole thing. <laughs> I'm really sorry. That was not... That was rude uh, of me. I thought you were going to bring up me uh, almost knocking that pan off the stove. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel was trying to be funny and he no- almost knocked out one of our like big pans off the stove. I was, I was giving Jack some animal crackers. <laughs> And Blaze really won. We Blaze really won the box, but um, I like pretended to like secretly give him a cookie, and I ran away. So he like wily coyote away. <laughs> but I ran to the kitchen and ran into our stove and almost knocked off a pan full of taco meat. But I caught it as I it was know, falling. I which know. I know. He is, redeemed himself. I think is pretty impressive it in was. and of itself. It was. I'm impressed. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, okay. So that's enough blabbering. Yeah. You know what I've been thinking about a lot lately? <laughs> you know what I've been thinking a lot about lately? What? Tenderness. No. Yeah. It was my um, Lionel Richie cover band back in college. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> Good segue. I wasn't really in a band called Tenderness. Daniel actually is like the king of band name uh, coming up with. What? Yeah. Band name coming up with. That's the technical <laughs> term. Coming up with names for bands. <clears throat> He's yes. so good at it. He has this um, notes on his phone that are filled Don't with... Don't tell them. People are going to steal it. I won't say them. Okay. I would never. Because they you. are pure gold, people. They are. If you have a band and you're interested, we'll sell them to you <laughs> we for a good price. Yeah, we got some band names if you're looking <laughs> um, But they are solid. They're really good. Anyway, um, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, um, I have been going to or been a part of the um, Love and Responsibility events going on in Philadelphia, sponsored or put on by the Culture Project, Um, and they've been amazing. Um, Love and Responsibility is a book that uh, Carol Watiwa. Was it? I thought it was encyclical. It's probably published as a book, but. Was it encyclical? It wasn't. It was a book that he wrote before he was Pope. Oh, maybe. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then his um, entire theology of the body was like based off of, it was like coming out of this um, in theology. Okay. So Love and Responsibility was a book that Carol Watiwa wrote before he was Pope St. John Paul II. Um, and as I was just saying, I just want to clarify that then... Um, John Paul II, who's most known for his Theology of the Body, uh, Theology of the Body was a like series of talks that he would give to his Wednesday audience throughout his pontificate. And those all stemmed kind of from this love and responsibility and expanded the topic mm-hmm. um, and went much, much deeper. So love and responsibility um, is kind of like the starting point and Genesis, if you will. I, I always want to use Genesis it's as really, a term. You can use it much more often than you'd imagine if you if I you put your mind it, to it. I want to use it all this thinking about. In Advent. I like to use uh, church words not in a church context. <laughs> like this is the advent of something. Well, I really, I found myself really wanting to use Genesis a lot mm-hmm. in like common language and thesis. I use thesis. thesis? That's the that thesis one's... of everything. Yeah. If the whole belief system is based on this one thesis. Uh, no, like something like crux would be more suitable. Because like a thesis that's teetering on something though. No, crux is the the crux of the matter. It's yeah, where I guess it, you're right. Where it yeah. connects. A thesis, I feel like, is one idea. But it's the it's, it's the underlying the idea. thesis. Yeah, yeah. You have to qualify it a little bit. Well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Back to what I was thinking, talking about. <laughs> um. But last week's was, um, we've, this was the fifth week of Love and Responsibility. Oh, and that event is um, just a group of young adults in the Philadelphia area coming together to listen to talks based on chapters from the book Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love, written by Edward Shree, Dr. Edward Shree. I'm pretty sure he's a doctor. Ted. Dr. Ted. It doesn't say doctor on there, he but is. I'm pretty sure he's he a is. doctor. I mean, he's a PhD. Yeah. Well, um, by Edward Sri, which is S-R-I. I think it's Sri. Sri. Like Sri Lanka. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I've never put those two together. This is a lot of, a lot of intro. Here. 
But um, we've been getting together talking through like the chapters um, and you don't have to read it at all. They just, uh, we do a little bit of reading out loud and then um, like just some key points. And then the speaker does the rest. And last week, uh, Christina Barba was talking about tenderness as Daniel so nicely uh, pointed out. Segway 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I said I'm sorry for this long introduction. But, um, no, I meant more of our antics afterwards, not your introduction. We did have some antics, but, um, I'd never really thought about tenderness in marriage. I'd never heard about tenderness in marriage actually, but I never thought about the, you know, things that it covered. Like I never heard that term tenderness before. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, it opened up my eyes a lot. And so I'm going to read here. Daniel just passed me my book as we practice. Only about 35 pages. It's not that long. I promise it's not. It's like three (laughs) sentences. Um, John Paul II explains that the essence of tenderness is found in the tendency to make one's own feelings and mental states of another person. In the tendency to make one's own feelings. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. This is how JP2 writes. It's kind of difficult. In the tendency to make one's own the feelings and mental states of another person. Right. Tenderness is found... In, in the tendency to right. make one's own the feelings and mental states of another person. Guys, this isn't complicated. To, I'm sorry. Well, well, no, to make, to take ownership and make one's own someone else's feelings. Yes. So then he said, there's a flip a few pages later. And there's <laughs> another uh, definition here. Where it's a little more of a clarification or uh, going deeper. Yes. Thank you, sweetie. Um, tenderness is the ability to feel with and for the whole person, to feel even the most deeply hidden spiritual tremors, and always to have in mind the true good of that person. Then Dr. Sri says, what a powerful description to feel the most deeply hidden spiritual tremors. Do you feel what is going on most deeply in the soul of your spouse, her hopes, his fears, her burdens, his wounds? And that really, um... You know, I think it, if you read it in the original Polish, that would actually help. So Holly's <laughs> going to read it in Polish Stop now. Um, you couldn't even fake Polish. <laughs> no way. You know nothing about the not, Polish language. Not even for a second. Um, but that really, like, struck me. And that, that's something that we've always kind of touched on as being married, that we are we are one in, like, this really intimate way. But to feel the other's downfalls in such a strong way um was really new to me and i think yeah like the the burdens and wounds part yeah and i like when you are heartbroken about something for me to enter into that and to really like become intimate in your emotions at that time or the feeling the struggles that you're having in that time can really bind us together in a way that i never really thought that we could or like mm-hmm. much deeper than I ever thought that we could. Um, but I think that Daniel and I have, um, doing great <laughs> kids. Don't worry. <laughs> but we have had like a couple through, I like we've been married for six years now. We have two kids. So we're like anything that was, um, that has been like, Oh yeah, I'll just live with that or something. It's like, Oh no, we're going to fix it. And mm-hmm. so we're working through some things. And we're able to, I think we're also able, both of us are just becoming more uh, able to communicate what we need from each other. But, um, because just to chime in, um, I think when you have children, 
you almost have to go on like a very basic level and because you just have distractions all the time so you have to say i need to communicate something to you <laughs> and like we're just learning you have to just be very direct mm -hmm. and say like hey we're talking now we're talking about something mm -hmm. um because when you have kids there's like a million things going on and like you can't talk until after they're in bed and then all this you know all this other stuff happens so i think part of that has been us realizing like we have to be very intentional in our communication and just very basic to say yeah. like i when you said this i felt this and i need you to tell me that you're sorry for that like and just to point blank say it mm -hmm. like that um but i think that uh one thing that daniel what i realized through this talk or like in reflection reflecting this talk from christina was like um or this idea of tenderness too that daniel and i have always been so we were high school sweethearts like we knew each other when we were 16 and we've grown up together and we've been super united together through all of that um and we've all we said last podcast even that we often are like forget that there that the other is a different person um because we just are so close which i think is like a huge blessing in our relationship but i think for a while um we thought we were the same in that like the same personality is that you're thinking yeah like same so qualities so we can be united in one mm -hmm. in our marital bond and in our intimacy with each other emotionally you know in our marriage but we also <clears throat> what i'm realizing is that we need to realize that you are male and i am female yeah you think we would have figured that out sooner but <laughs> and with that i'm not done yet and with that comes differences yeah like inherent differences that doesn't make us that comp that makes us complement each other more fully. Mm -hmm. But to enter into that complementarity, we need to ex like participate in this tenderness. Can you help me out here? Yeah, because because men and women are complementary, and I kind of are. <laughs> Sorry. Oh boy, what happened? Uh, different facets complement one another and fit together um that's, that's what made me giggle okay um there needs to be an openness and understanding to kind of embrace that difference mm -hmm. so that it can be balanced out in a way so Do i you know if there's something i wouldn't naturally feel wouldn't naturally feel as strongly that you do by taking on your emotions and your kind of what you're feeling I encompass that a little bit yeah I think that's what it's like just to make it really simple say and these they're not qualities they're just descriptors I'm hot and you're cold in order for us to be a comfortable temperature you have to understand what it is to be hot and I have to understand what it is to be cold you know so that's that a we, great way we to end up at a at lukewarmness <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> Um, <laughs> great example. <laughs> Room temperature. That's right. Is that better? Um, but no, that's exactly what I mean. In mm -hmm. that, in that, um, entering into the other's like negative, you kind of fulfill a negative in your own, or you help. Because we don't fulfill negative meaning other. absence. Yes. Okay. Not necessarily negative quality. Yeah. Um. 
Hold on, I'm flashing things out in my yeah. mind. But um, because you don't fulfill me, but in the act of you fulfill, like entering into my negative, I it helps you. you compliment me, but it also helps you um, experience fullness. Yeah. By filling that void for you, I feel completeness in that. So let me speak to, let me okay. enter into one thing. Um, women, he goes on in um, Love and Responsibility and Men, Women, and the ex- Mystery of Love. Mm-hmm. I thought I got the title wrong. Um, he moves on to talk about uh, how women have a special right to this tenderness in marriage. And it is because we feel things more deeply. Um, and we... They have more of an emotional depth than men do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tenderness, like is lived out most easily in emotions and in depth of relationship in which women have more depth into it. So they need mm-hmm. it more. Does that clear? Yeah. Why women need it more? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think and kind of the counterpart to that is men, it's men are more, not, not that they're emotionally shallow, but they're more physical and like sensual in mm-hmm. a way. And I think that that side of marriage is often easier to kind of fulfill. It's easier to satisfy. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I think um, to go back to what we were trying to explain in abstract to talk in like absolutes of concrete and concrete um, with emotions. Mm-hmm. So like I feel things much more deeply and for you to enter into that deep emotion for my of what I'm feeling that opens you up into a deeper love for me and a deeper emotion and a deeper relationship with what's happening. Right. So I think that's what I was trying to say about like the fullness and yeah everything mm-hmm. in a more I got gotcha. clear way. Thanks, sweetie. Um, yeah. So there was a at the end of our um, talk, we had like a little small group, and there was one of my the girls in my uh, small group talked about how she was like the only girl in with three brothers in her family growing up, and that her brothers like never understood like why why she was so emotional and it was she would like get teased a lot or they would like make her watch commercials that would make her cry and like be obviously really mean because they're children but um she was saying in the end that like it helped her to be able to communicate like what emotions she's feeling or like why she's feeling emotions and like that this is to be able to communicate that to them and say like this is I'm just different than you and that this affects me more Mm-hmm. And you need to be sensitive to that. That's something I've certainly noticed growing up. Um, for most, not most, not, through middle school and high school, we lived with my dad. And it was just my dad and my two brothers and I. So it was all boys. In that kind of household, there's like a lot of like teasing and like, you know, uh, joking with one another and like insults and like just, it's all boys. So that's what it is. So, um, coming from that, I never really lived with women that much. I mean, I lived with my mom, but in terms of, um, I don't know, like day-to-day kind of relationships. And like on your same level. Yeah. Um, yeah. A peer relationship. It was all guys. So, and I didn't, didn't hang out with girls too much in middle school. Okay? Oh boy. <laughs> Do you date me in high school? So what does that say about you? <laughs> No, but, um, so 
for me, it's just sort of natural to like tease Holly about things or like to bring up something in like a joking kind of way. Um, or just to be not sensitive to like, Hey, this, if I keep teasing Holly about this, she's going to be self-conscious about it. So like, that's an area where I, I didn't realize that. And it like becomes an issue over time because with my brothers, like someone, um, has pants that look stupid. You just tell him his pants look stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how it is. And it's, you know, they don't get that affected by it. And like, like with my dad, like things will happen and not that you do anything like wrong, but like, you're like, Oh, I just, I feel bad that this happened. And I'm like, he, he's probably forgotten about it already. Like it just rolls off his back. Like don't mm-hmm. even worry about it. Um, but realizing that like you as a woman don't work that way. Right. I think it's taken a long time for me to, to really kind of fully understand that. Like if you tell me to stop teasing you, I'll do it mm-hmm. or I'll stop. But then like it happens again. Right. It's a habit. And so, yeah. um, that's a big thing that we've been working through. <laughs> you don't have to laugh. We're actually working on it. We are. We are. It's good. I think I just try to make a joke out of it because, um, it's a defense that's what, mechanism. That's what I'm not supposed to do though. I know. You can't do it if I can't do it. But, um, what I've been telling Daniel to like help him remember the effect that it has on me is to say, um, if you say it enough, then I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if you tell me, I can't even think of one, but certain things, whatever. Yeah, just like you always leave stuff out in the kitchen. Yeah. Or you like, you joke or about me I being do... lazy or something. Okay. I don't think I do that that often. You... But like cooking, I teach you about cooking. Mm-hmm. And so every time I would make a meal, I would be all like stressed out about it and mm-hmm. then get really mad at him if he said any critique after I made it. And that's because I blew up because it had been, it's a festering issue that I hadn't communicated to you. Um, festering issue. There's a good band name. Oh boy. <laughs> Put it in the notes. Say foot it? Put it. Oh. <laughs> Put it in the notes. There's another one. <laughs> oh, man. I just can't even help myself. Um, but yeah, for us to kind of realize and for him, for Daniel to realize that, um, it's not just me being sensitive. It's not Mm -hmm. me just being like overly reactive to what he's saying. It's just, I work differently Mm -hmm. when you said that I work differently. That's really true. And something more recent that we've had to kind of work through and that I've realized is, um, it doesn't work for me just to to expect Holly to get over something. I think this is an issue that I, yeah, I know Go <laughs> um, that comes up a lot and that causes issues because something will happen. It'll upset Holly. And then I'll be like, okay, moving on. And Holly doesn't move on right away. And so it just, it, it just gets worse. Cause I say why I don't understand why she's still mad about it. Mm-hmm. Cause it just happened. We figured it out. We're moving on. Um, and so I'll keep bugging her about it and she'll get upset about it again. And it's just, Without, I, I'm not taking the time to like enter into the situation and see how Holly feels about it and understand it from her perspective. Because for me, it's, it's done. It's over with. I've forgotten about it. I moved on. Um, and so talking in terms of this tenderness, I need to do a better job of entering into how Holly feels about it and knowing that she feels differently for me. And it's not just Holly being silly. It's mm-hmm. sort of just the way her brain works. She's going to feel this more deeply. Um, and then I need to be sensitive to that. Yeah. And it's not really, and like Holly said, it's not doing me any favors to, um, 
kind of skate by things and just think, oh, well, that, I don't know what just happened, but I'm over it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, taking time to enter into the feelings involved and why they happen and why, um, what, you know, what caused them and how they can be resolved. And I think that through that practice, um, you'll become more, like, acutely aware of what you say, what you do, like, that, because if you, if you enter into that deep emotion that I'm feeling in the aftermath, you'll say, like, or you'll be able to know, okay, this all is stemming from me saying this or doing this. So because you've entered that deeply into it, you'll be more aware the next time it comes around to mm-hmm. not do that because. And also I'm able to love you more and more fully because I can address that need and that tenderness that, that you have a right to, mm-hmm. according to St. John Paul II. Hey. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of all I had to talk about with us. I know <laughs> before Daniel was like, I don't know how long we're going to be able to talk about this with us. And I was like, oh, we can talk the whole time. No <laughs> doubt about it. And then here we are. Um, I do think that there's more to be said. I want to say okay, one thing. Okay, I wasn't. I know. I'm you're the one trying I, to wrap it I up. I know. <laughs> I just keep doing this to myself. It's just an inner dialogue here. Um, but that the like deeply entering into my emotions, I think I'm like reminded of the um, meditatio section of Lexio Divina, mm-hmm. how we can deeply enter into that, um, into this tenderness with Jesus through meditating on his mm-hmm. word mm-hmm. and looking like entering into his deep compassion for us, his deep love for us, his deep hurt when we hurt him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. For Len, I've been reading... Um... Secrets of the Rosary by St. Louis de Montfort. And uh, he talks a lot about just meditating on the wounds of Christ and on the mysteries of Christ. Um, he says that the Rosary does. You meditate on different mysteries. Um, and how fruitful that can be, like, just to think about Christ's wounds. And, like, I think it's similar to what you've been talking about, is really entering into that feeling the, the burdens of another person. Um, and since marriage is our experience of marriage is kind of a foretaste of experiencing Jesus, it makes sense that if this is, if this is a way that married people interact with one another and learn more about one another and learn how to love each other more, then obviously this is also a way that we learn more about Jesus Mm -hmm. and enter into those, um, into those kind of inner depths that makes sense yeah because the deeper we get into each other the deeper we can get into jesus mm-hmm. if we, as long as we're mindful of jesus we can't do it without jesus and then, yeah but. yeah there's um was a medieval mystic i think it was uh angela Foligno. i think it what that's not a name it is angela <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and she, I read her for this theology class I took a few years ago. Um, in like one of her visions or writings, she talks about like, like crawling into the wounds of Jesus and like, yeah, on the surface, it seems like this really kind of gross thing. But if you think about what, what are the wounds of Christ and it's, it's what he endured to set us free. And so by physically meditating on his wounds and like entering into those wounds, we enter into that love and compassion, um, that, that created those wounds or that was willing to take on those wounds for us. 
So it's, it, it's, I think it's really a really cool link between the physical and the, um, supernatural, or I guess natural and supernatural, not physical and spiritual, but, um, to look at the, the natural wounds of Christ. And I think maybe what is kind of, I'm trying to get at is I hadn't previously considered tenderness in terms of tenderness with Jesus and seeking to enter into his humanity more, you know, like what is, what were his emotions on the cross? What was he feeling? What did he endure for us? You know, like seeking to understand the supernatural love through the natural way it was expressed on earth. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm reflecting on that too, that like Jesus's, Jesus, his flesh was cut and there Mm. was like muscle underneath. Like, yeah, there's some, I forget where I read it, but there's something that calls like, I forget if it was a poem or a play or something, but it talks about Jesus's stripes, like the stripes in his skin from being whipped. Scourged. Yeah. Oh man. And it, yeah, because it cuts the skin. It makes a... Yeah. I mean, there's just, like, so much there. It's just really amazing. Mm-hmm. I, like, want to... want to go pray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. But it really is kind of part of this desiring to feel what your loved one feels. Mm-hmm. And, again, since marriage models our relationship with Jesus and our intimacy and union with Jesus, it, it makes sense that it can go both ways. I mean, actually it goes top down, but, but that also that he created us with these, um, complementary attributes and that we cannot be, I don't know. I I keep wanting to say fulfilled and satisfied, but but like the fullness of the image of God is man and woman together. Together. So, through through marriage, God has given us a natural way to understand our supernatural relationship with Him. Yes. That through you know loving one another and desiring to feel what the other one feels, whether that's pains, whether that's joys, whether it's burdens, whether it's fears, that action and that exercise um, kind of is a foretaste or prepares us to do that with Jesus. Yeah, because marriage is yeah the image of of union god. with god mm-hmm. of the trinity mm-hmm. um and another thing when when we were talking about this that i thought of is um with with children um in that again understanding boys and girls are different and that you not having brothers and having little boys i think you've kind of learned this but um well the other day jack wasn't napping mm-hmm. And he was um, getting really upset, and Holly went in to check on him, and he had a tantrum and was kind of, like, hitting and kicking Holly and pulling her hair and, like... Flailing every limb of his body, <laughs> throwing my glasses, pulling my hair, slapping my face, kicking my, my stomach. Yeah. It was terrible. And so after Holly, like, came back downstairs, she was, it was, re- she was really upset by it because, like, it's her little boy, and he's, like, hitting her and kicking her and... He kept saying, I'm being bad. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to narrate what he's doing. Um, but I think, one, he was just tired and didn't want to go to sleep. 
Mm-hmm. But like and two, two, there's a book where he got that idea oh, from. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, knowing he's a little boy and that he, I, I mean, children in general are typically less intellectual and more physical. But like even at, even as they get older, um, or especially as they get older, little boys are more physical and they like to wrestle and they to tackle you and they like to just like kind of physically interact. Um, so it's sort of not personal against you that mm-hmm. he's just, he's upset. And so he's like swinging everything he has. Cause that's what he does when he's upset. Cause he's a little boy. Yeah. And he doesn't like, and especially Jack is very boyish. He's like very physical and like loves to move. Um, Tackle. But just knowing that about even your children and knowing that he's not gonna, even when he's older, he may not say, you know, what he's feeling. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know that, like, you have to enter into, like, a different thing with him. You know, it's and whether that's, like, going out and playing football or something or doing something physical or wrestling. Like, it's men and women and boys and girls experience things differently and respond differently to different things. I think, too, it's an interesting way to look at parenting with tenderness in that uh, to meet Jack where he's at and to say, like, to be for me to be tender to him. And the fact that he is two and a half years old, he can't figure out his emotions on his own. Mm-hmm. So I need to enter into his um, despair that I've left the room <laughs> and to, to be sensitive to that and to speak to that and to say, like, I'll be, I'll be right downstairs. I'm okay. like, it's just time for you to go to sleep. You're OK. I, and what I say the whole time, I love you. You are good. You are good. I love you. I love you. Just go to sleep. <laughs> Good night. I love you. Good night. And then I like slowly back out of the room. Mm-hmm. But um, to enter into that and just to be sen- just to be sensitive to his emotions because he can't he can't navigate them. And so for me to kind of enter into what he's feeling and to be compassionate there is um, really important. Mm-hmm. And same for Blaze. I he has he is cutting three molars right now, three at once, and those are the worst mm-hmm. for. People don't have teething children yet. If anyone doesn't have teeth, they um, may not remember. <laughs> the molars are the worst, and he's cutting three of them at once. And he was on our vacation in North Carolina. He was upset, so upset, and we don't didn't realize until today that he has three of them. Mm-hmm. I thought he just had one, and so I was not entering into his sadness. I was ticked that he was being. That I had to hold him the whole time in our trip instead of letting any of our family hold him. I had to hold him and he couldn't sit on his own. I had to hold him. I had to be with him 24-7. And I was like, this is our vacation. I was supposed to have family help. I was supposed to be able to take naps, but no. And I was mad about it. And then today when I saw that he had three molars, I was like, Holly, you need to be nicer to this kid. <laughs> you have you have to realize that he's just a baby and he he's feeling things that you don't feel that he's mm-hmm. different than you because he's a baby. So you can't expect him to be an adult about things because he's a baby. And so you need to be tender to that. And mom guilt ensued, but we could start tomorrow, a new day. <laughs> but yeah, I think this kind of empathy and desire to, to enter into another person's life, you know, I think it's especially applicable for marriage, but also for, for relationships with your children. Um, 
And like we said, it makes sense because that's how we relate with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, you know, are saved. Like through participating in the body of Christ, we can hope for union with Christ in heaven. And it's because he was tender with us because he brought on all of our humanity. Yeah, exactly. He did it. Boom! <laughs> he did it. And that, that kind of lends different meaning um, to that to that verse. Um, what was it? We love because he loved first. Or he first loved us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So through he showed tenderness and love to us. And through that, we're able to reciprocate. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Pretty awesome I've been, stuff. I've been wanting to sing Hootie and the Blowfish this whole time. Go for it. No. Come on. Not, here's no, your time. No. Let's do it. No, it's not. <laughs> people will be. The airwaves will just the airwaves break from. will break, you know. Too Darius, good. Darius Rucker is going to have to start singing country music and go on tour with me. It just wouldn't <laughs> be. It's not. It'd be a little selfish. That's all I'm saying. The rest of the blowfish would have to get back together. I it just know. wouldn't. It wouldn't pan out. <laughs> But I was like, Daniel, why do you want to sing that song? And he was like, because it has tenderness in it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, duh. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's uh, pretty good stuff right there. <laughs> and you know it is <laughs> because we said it. In case you're on the fence. Well, it's just awesome how the Lord speaks through us. Like, like this was very uh, revelatory for me tonight. <laughs> right? It revealed a lot to me tonight. Yeah. Um, more than when I started this conversation. So that's pretty great. Because mm-hmm. you know it's it's just the Lord speaking. Yeah, and it's just truth. And that's kind of the underlying thesis Yeah, that's of, the, it. of the theology of the body is that through just looking at our physical being, we can understand something of God. Yeah. yeah. There you go. It's awesome. It this is awesome. This theology of the body stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, man. I can't get enough of it. He is. Oh, um, John Paul II died 12 years ago yesterday. Sorry. <laughs> like, you're a little late a little late to the party, Holly. Everyone already knows. It was the 12th anniversary of his death yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's the nice way to put it. Yeah. I'm not good at this stuff. Words. <laughs> he died 12 years ago. <laughs> I'm not good with words. I don't know why I have a podcast. We have a podcast. But, um, yeah, so this is for him. And this, this one's for you, JP, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, uh, I was reflecting on it yesterday, and I'm just so thankful for his theology of the body that, like, for his work and for just his whole life that he um, ministered so well to a flock of people who needed it, needed to hear it. And I feel like the fruit of it is coming to life now mm-hmm. um, because it was so much of the youth. Yeah. That he was ministering to that are now grown adults and starting and ministering in really awesome organizations. But um, what I said yesterday, I did made a Facebook post about it. And um, but what I said was that through my whole Christian life, I have been like obsessed with this idea of love. I've like loved love. I loved weddings when I was in college. One, because we were getting married too because of that book sex god by rob bell i thought was like super awesome i read back on it and i'm like this is nothing but i thought there's just so much i always knew that there's so much between men and women there's so much in that relationship there um and then john paul ii gave words to everything i felt in that mm-hmm. and then f- obviously before you're even born <laughs> <laughs> far exceeded anything i ever thought i could know about the relationship between men and women and um it's just really, really amazing. 
So, uh, just wanted to tell you guys about that. Check it out. That <laughs> so check Saint it out. Saint John Paul II. <laughs> if you haven't heard of him. No, but there are a lot of great um, organizations dedicated to teaching the theology of the body here, local in the Philadelphia area. There's a Theology of the Body Institute, which does um, classes and seminars and different things. But there's a lot of different organizations that use these ideas, um, like the CORE Project mm-hmm. um, and some other things. So if you're interested, look look into it. Mm-hmm. And look into the, cult- the Culture Project, yeah. too. They use a lot of these ideas in, the, in speaking about love and Responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's all we got. Yep. So if you guys want to drop us a line, you can at... That's a line. That's no, a phrase. I know it's a phrase, but... It's normal. Okay. Normal people use that, right? Yeah, they... Okay, I mean, okay. I, Daniel hates those things. Well, it's a little buzzy. Oh, man. All right. Halfway Saints podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. Um, Twitter at halfway underscore saints. And find us on Facebook. Halfway Saints. <laughs> um... Please have a great week. Um, Please know that we're praying for you. We ask that you pray for us as well. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.